0: Welcome to the Get Offset Set podcast. My name is Emily,
1: and my name is Andrew.
0: And today we're here with James, owner of the guitar store, which is uh, at least used to be my friendly neighborhood store.
2: Welcome. Yes. Well, welcome. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. This has been uh, a while in the works.
2: It it it's a completely different world than when we first talked about it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we had talked about it, like, maybe back in April?
2: March, well, April, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we we could say it's a different world than if we had talked about it and we just talked about it last week at this point, so. Oh,
0: that's the truth. Yeah. It's like, I just would like the year to... Actually, I just want it over with. Like, I'd rather it be, like, ripping off a Band-Aid than what it has been.
2: But... It... We have to have hope that twenty one is is uh gonna be a good year.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely just,
1: holding on to that. Doing my best. Yeah. The
2: yeah. like only things
0: have been a little haywire since Lemmy died.
1: It all
2: went downhill.
0: Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Oof the <laughs> He was warning <laughs> us. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce.
2: <laughs> when when that which cannot be killed is suddenly found uh no longer.
0: Yeah, maybe mm. we should have been a little more worried than we were.
1: Yeah, with that logic, that means Keith Richards is going to go in January.
0: Okay, you know what, Andrew? Last time <laughs> you said something like that, it was something about how we need a new plague, and then COVID happened.
1: And yeah, so you I don't did get, make a plague joke in January, didn't I?
0: You, So you don't get to make <laughs> jokes about that destruction anymore, because I'm, I, I, I fear your collective power.
1: Well, I, I am a man of God, so I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, so, James. Uh, so, I met James uh, fortuitously uh, within the first, like, week I moved to Seattle. Um, it's a funny little story. I, so, I was working at Guitar Center down in Pasadena, down in Los Angeles, and I transferred up to the Seattle area because I was moving. So, I was uh, working at the downtown location that is no longer, rest in peace. But at the, uh, oh. it was literally my first day on the job, and I'm like, "All right, I'm kind of familiar with how GC works. It's just trying to figure out the different idiosyncrasies of the store." And, uh, and this guy walks in, like super gregarious, super friendly. He knows uh, the the manager at the time, Joey. He knows Bender, who's one of the other sales reps that I just met, and he's rolling in. A ton of Supro amps, and I'm like, "What in the world is going on? This is not what I thought my first day at GC was going to be like." Uh, and th- that man was James. Got to meet him, and really fond memory. And I don't think I've actually run into you since then, but that really stands out in my memory. Is like, "Hey, that was James."
2: Well, it it was a weird it was a weird deal. I I was wholesaling a pallet of amplifiers to the, the evil empire. Uh, and we both thought we were getting over on each other. So it was, it was really one of those, one of those strange times of why not be gre- gregarious and why not be weird. And, and, uh, and, and somehow I actually hired Patrick. That oh, did day. you? Yeah. Yeah. That was the day that I hired Patrick. So oh, wow! It, it even got stranger. One of the, one of the, huh. one of the guys that was working at that guitar center with you at that time. And, yeah, that was uh, – and I used to manage that guitar center back in the 90s, so we we can roll it back. And it, it's a – it was just
1: a, a, a fun place to be uh, facetious at. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't realize you, you managed it back in the 90s. Crazy.
2: Yeah, I guess actually early 2000, or 2000 was when I was at that store, so.
3: All right.
0: Well, that, that guitar center is no more. They moved up to like two blocks north of the trading musician, which just seems like the rudest thing in the world.
2: Although, you know, the, if you look at the history, and and, and first we got to look at now, brick and mortar retail is a completely passe event. Uh, but if you look at the history of brick and mortar retail in, in MI, a lot of stores have done really well being right next to guitar centers.
0: Yeah. I I, I say that, but when I went to the trading musician right after the guitar center opened, uh, they said that it wasn't hurting their business at all because it's like, if guitar center didn't have something, then they'd go down to trading musician and sort of vice versa. And they're very, they're such different stores. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if you want something that's used and weird, the trading musician's your place. Also, if you want a tech, if you want to do tech work, I'd probably recommend them over um, some other places. But
3: yeah, yeah, they,
2: it, it, and they can they can afford to pay more for used gear than GC or or have maybe a different value or or see the use in used gear more than than Guitar Center can.
1: So.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guitar that's- Center is
1: a has a bad habit of really undervaluing stuff because they that they don't know very well, especially boutique stuff. They're like, "Well, there's only a handful of these out and I'm seeing listings for 400 on Reverb, but yeah, we'll we'll give you $90 for that Chase Bliss pedal."
0: <laughs> well, that's right. a that's that's a true story from Andrew.
1: That is a true story. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's uh
2: you know, that they they have a hard time bringing people in and filling the positions. And, and one of the things that happens when you have a large company is it really so much of the time is, is spent just training someone how to work in that company. What is, you know, what is the language that we speak here? How do we do transfers? How do we do a sale? What is the protocol? Who's in what level of hierarchy? And if so much time is being spent on that and the, the huge amount of products they sell just in, in their lines, it's really hard for people to be nerds and stay on top of the other the other stuff that's out there and maybe by smaller companies that can't afford to deal with a, with a large corporation like that.
1: Sure, sure. I mean,
3: yeah.
1: I, I definitely I, I agree with that assessment and I agree that Boutique has a really hard time in that big box uh, brick-and-mortar store the way that Guitar Center runs it. At the same time, uh, CME and Sweetwater have done a much better job with that. And I'd be really curious what specifically allows them to handle the, uh, the nuance of working with the boutique world, but we're, yeah. we're getting, we're getting into the sticks here. I, uh, why don't we uh, start with what we're drinking and then we'll move on to uh, what's new.
0: <laughs> okay. I made coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's 9 coffee.
0: 39 in the morning on a Sunday morning and uh, I'm drinking coffee. I think it's the, I don't, So my bandmates have uh, two of them do a pickup box or delivery box every week from the market. Um, That's Pike Place Market uh, for those outside of Seattle listening. Um, And they always get like more coffee than they can use. So I think it's either called the Market Blend or the Seattle Blend from one of the roasters down at at the market. It's good. Especially good when you put an ice cube in it so you can drink it. More more quickly.
1: What are you drinking, Andrew? I I am not drinking anything alcoholic, partially because it's uh, before 10 a.m.
0: 9.40 on a
1: Sunday. 9.40 on a Sunday. So that's part of the reason. uh, The other part of the reason I'm not drinking alcohol is I can't for the next couple months. Doctor's orders. Uh, I had my sleep study done. I think I talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, and I felt like a modular synth. I had like 30 patch leads attached to me at all different points on my body. Uh, Came back and have some happy answers, Uh, and happy answers meaning I just know why I haven't been sleeping. The downside is part of uh, settling into the new routine is taking a teetotal or break and uh, adjusting to some new treatment options. So that's all of that said, I'm drinking Kirkland cold brew with chocolate milk in it.
0: Ooh, chocolate milk's always a good choice for cold brew.
1: I think it works really nicely. It's and it's not overly sweet. I find when I get like a cold brew from somewhere else, it just it there's just way too much sugar in it to to cut the bite.
0: Well that's the, I think that's part of the brewing process. Sometimes cold brew is just a lot sweeter.
1: Depends on the beans, but
0: Right. Lots of factors. The beans. Yeah, what about you, James? What are you drinking?
1: Well, I, I,
2: we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we got on the air. I, I was going to go across the street here to the coffee shop and grab a cup of coffee. And, and as I was walking across the street, a dozen of the rudest people I've ever seen in my life just ran in front of me. And I think they, they meant to knock me over, but they didn't, but I knew, I know they were trying to assault me and they got in my way. So I couldn't go get coffee and be here on time. Uh, I went back and I found a can of uh, Yerba Mate Enlightened Mint flavor, and it's um, lukewarm, and it's almost gone. So uh,
0: so I guess it wasn't it, that bad.
2: <laughs> it's not that bad. I think it would be better if it was chilled. And uh, we, I, I kind of feel the effects. I'm a little – you're not jittery, but I – I probably will move this squeaky chair out of my way in a little bit and just stand for the rest of this. So <laughs> are you feeling move. enlightened? Oh I I I wouldn't say enlightened, but I might be a little I might wax a little spiritual today. Nice. All right, I can roll with yeah. that.
0: That's, that's Andrew's speed a little bit. So that's I mean not as spiritual as if you had the Yerba Mate, and then you played the Ayahuasca pedal from Chase Bliss, but still.
2: That's, that's, uh, that's some special next level. Uh, I'd, I'd have to start a band with one of those names that means nothing, that sounds like they're going to be really loud and heavy and is really just quiet and dark.
3: Right. <laughs> I've
0: yeah. always wanted to start a band called Absolute <laughs> Nightmare that was like that
3: that sounds
0: like a metal band right yeah it'd be Uh, be afn uh afn for short like i've I've given a lot of thought to it
1: all right that's.
2: uh i'm trying to picture does that have the issue of having words that actually make a phrase with each other i I was part of a discussion yesterday Uh, about this with how how to, to have a real metal band you kind of have to have two words that don't really blend in with each other
3: yeah example you know, give yeah,
0: me an I mean,
1: example
3: oh,
0: you're you're almost just a metal and hardcore andrew
1: sure but i, I want to hear his examples
2: uh it could be something like you're in gaffer yep
0: <laughs> you're in gaffer
2: yeah. Uh and and then the side project would have something to do with that. It would be it would be you know lighting wall bender.
0: Yes, those right? those those are like like you roll the dice on top of a dictionary.
2: Yeah, totally. It's a it's one of those you, you had the boggle game from from the 90s and you you shook it but but you just put nonsense word on the dice and boom.
1: <laughs> Sure, sure, yeah. sure. I could see. I could yeah, see where yeah. you're going with that. I don't disagree.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I thought you were going to say it has the problem of having the f word in it.
2: <laughs> I just heard a kitten. That's I.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I'm the only one with access to these.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: isn't that cute? But I, I was at, um, I was at the PR intern at Beggars Group when F'd up. Uh, released an album or was like about to go into an album cycle. And uh, I, I forget exactly how they were handling that, but they were looking at the band um, Holy and uh, I guess the PR firm for Holy. <laughs> um, they, they would call it Holy Frick and in emails, <laughs> Holy Frick. Which just sounds like a thing that they would say, Napoleon Dynamite.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It made it a much more indie band.
1: Gosh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> holy frick.
1: Give me some of your holy frick, Napoleon.
0: <laughs> Eat That's... your dang
2: <laughs> I just, I'm just picturing throwing things at a llama, but
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: what was the llama's name? Tina, Sh- Tina. I was yeah. going to say it's like Sharon or something, Tina. Yeah. No, I, that's a movie that like, I was not on that wavelength. Like I watched it a couple times, including once in theaters. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't, I just didn't, I don't think I like it.
2: I, I, yeah, it was, it was a weird one. I, I, I saw it at the Seattle Film Festival and, you know, I I, a friend of mine Stan had tickets for in. You want to go see this movie? It's about a guy who has like these boots and and big puffy hair. That and, sounds like
0: a plot. That's a great plot. Yeah,
2: I was, like that, I don't that know. That is it, the plot. Yeah, it's 11 a.m.
1: sure. I'll 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 walk down and meet you. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a uh... It seems like a completely pointless movie but it somehow taps into like what makes a movie a cult classic with the one-liners and the to the strange lovability of the characters and that it is just a much better movie when you're not sober but
0: Well, everyone I knew who was obsessed with it, like these were middle school and like early high school kids. They weren't they weren't getting drunk or high and watching Napoleon dynamite. They just loved it more sincerely than that.
1: Sure, sure. But middle school like dumb kid syndrome, I think, definitely does not qualify as being sober either. Like there's a level of like (laughs) you hear what he said, guys, that kind of falls in the same category for me as like as an adult, like, oh yeah, I'm like just finished off a whole whatever I might be imbibing and uh, laughing like that. I don't know.
2: Is that maybe, rude? Might maybe getting maybe getting high regresses you to middle school.
1: There we go. Now we're talking. When when was the first time that you got high?
0: Ooh, personal question. That is a
1: personal question. Um, a couple of years ago. Maybe
0: Twenty nine for me, probably.
1: Okay, twenty three for me. So I was in middle school, but anyway. Uh... <laughs>
0: There were lots of kids in my middle school who got high. I was just very, very goal-oriented in middle school and high school. Like, I really very badly wanted to go to NYU. So I I just studied a lot and played a lot of guitar. That was my middle school and high school. That was not fun.
1: (laughs) Well, real quick, let's uh, run around, let's chat about what's new. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it's an, been an eventful week for me, so I, I have so much to share. But
0: well, then let's start with you, because I know that you, you're you very excited about what you finally got. Uh,
1: yeah, so let me start with my new gear day. Uh, new gear day was yesterday for me. I had a little bit of a trade going on, and I walked out with a first run Pelican Noise Works 60 Cycle Hum fifty fifty pedal
0: which I'm really excited about. Orange.
1: It is orange. Uh, therefore, it's a good pedal. That's that's my criteria. Uh, but I've been wanting one of these for quite some time. The trade uh, was made available by someone, uh, one of the owners who was giving theirs up, and I couldn't say no. So I did it, made it happen. Pretty excited about that.
0: Nice. What'd you trade for it? That
1: was part of your trade up up series. It was, yeah, yeah. So, uh, for those of you who might not have been listening long enough, uh, about a year and a half ago, I started out with a Electro Harmonix Muff Overdrive, which is like a twenty, thirty dollar used tops, uh, um, one knob overdrive, and it's I didn't like it at all, but. Um, so be it. And I started trading it, um, trading up and up and up to see how far I could get it without putting any cash into it. And finally I got to a point where I now have two pedals and I had an Alter Ego V2 and a DoD FX67. And what I traded for was the Alter Ego V2. And for the first time in this whole process, I added some cash to the deal. So I did the Alter Ego V2 plus some cash. But if I sell the FX67, I get that cash back and I'm now – Breaking even, starting with a muff OD all the way up into this uh, hard to find gem.
2: That's really cool. That's that's weird. Uh, and I, can, can I tell you my 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 takeaway from your trade up story? Is, is that I I've been in the guitar business for uh, since the early nineties, and and a lot of that in the big pedal shop. I don't know that I've ever seen the muff overdrive sell new. So, so just that being out there in the world as a new pedal or as a used pedal
1: is, is an interesting anomaly to me. I paid $25 for it shipped to my front door from someone who decided they hated it and didn't want it. What did you think about the muff overdrive when you got it? I felt about the same way. I really didn't like it. Um, and I, I think it's only usable if you have a master volume for it or if you're willing to just to play at stage volumes. If, if I got it dialed in at the right, Like, there's – with the one nod, there's really only one good sweet spot on it, and I just had a really hard time finding it. When I did, it was inevitably way too loud for my setup.
0: Why didn't you just turn down your master volume?
1: I mean, uh, that's how I got to that sweet spot. I just – it never worked quite right in my rig, and you know how church folks are about gain stages. We want that unity unity gain all the way through, like, our our 10 to 15 overdrives and distortions. But not fuzz. Jesus doesn't like fuzz, so –
0: Sure. What about those swells? Does he like it for the swells?
1: So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got rid of it and I have not looked back, have not missed that pedal once. Yeah.
0: Good. That's the point. Yeah. It was funny. We actually did that at the guitar, the guitar, the um, Tacoma Guitar Show, Guitar Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, I traded the. Gosh, what was that? I don't even know the the company anymore. It was the Timber Overdrive. Do you remember? That Andrew? sounds
1: familiar. I I don't remember what it what exactly what it was though. I just remember it was like, oh, this is a small builder I've never really heard of.
0: Cool. Yeah. Who did that? Uh, I don't remember. Now I am gonna have to look it up. But um, I traded that to the same person who you traded. Uh, you did the first trade for the the. Your, your yeah. $20 pedal or whatever. I think I did
1: five trades that day yeah, I just did
0: one. Yeah, I just did one, but I traded that pedal I paid 100 bucks for even for some weird circuit bender DS-1 thing that I t- then traded for uh, the uh, Infinite Jets. So,
1: So James, for context, when I walked into the guitar show, I had that um, – I think I had the muff overdrive when I went in, and I mm-hmm. walked out with a made-in-Japan GE-7.
2: You did Fantastic.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah.
3: That
0: that was a good thing. I think that like having a microphone on people and being like, it's part of a thing.
1: Right.
0: I think that helps.
1: For sure. For sure. Uh, Other big thing on my radar that happened this week that went live uh, Fox Cairo and Squatch Design Co, which is part of the sinusoid brands family. uh, We've got a collab up in their store uh, for the Dunlop mini DVP four. So if you want a topper for your DVP four, go check it out tell me what you think and there's only a few of them in the shop left so order one before they're gone
0: nice very cool well, so
1: emily I'm... what's new with you
0: i have uh a lot of new things uh this week i got the Keeley caverns the new uh bohemian bunny uh limited artwork
1: that one, one. looks so good
0: yeah, I'm excited. I think, I think I'm think i going to play it on, um, I'm doing a little re- remote recording session, uh, today. I- I'm probably going to try it today, but, um, the, the thing I'm kind of more excited about is I, uh, so my friend, my drummer, he had bought, he wanted to learn guitar or play more guitar. So he had bought this, this really kind of crappy all parts Telecaster thing, um, on the gear swap and he's been trying to, to get rid of it. Cause he bought a, uh, Jay Mascus Squire jazz master that he liked a lot more. So I've been trying to help him unload it. And he messages me last, this past week. And he says, uh, someone wants to trade the, my guitar for with a little, plus a little cash for, um, this Epiphone ET 275, AKA a crest. It's like a Crestwood. From the seventies, and uh, so I said to him, "If you trade that to him, I will buy it from you." So, I traded two hundred fifty bucks in an SM fifty-seven, and I have an Epiphone Crestwood kind of ET two seventy-five. I think they're. I get conflicting reports as to whether they're different guitars.
2: They seem pretty similar. If they're not the same thing.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, that the could have been a different branding change. Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's like it's the flattest fretboard radius I've ever played and has a really, really thin thin neck also. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting feel. It's not for everybody, but I, I kinda dig it.
1: I mean I, I'm good with calling it whatever we want. I mean it's not like Gibson's got a history of uh really really holding to the the naming convention of of that series of guitars. So
0: yeah, but it's 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 nice. I'm really. I haven't had. I guess it's been almost a year since I've had a um, a Gibson or Epiphone branded guitar in my possession. Oh, that's not true. Electric guitars. I've always. I'm gonna have the Gibson Hummingbird till I die.
1: Reasonable, reasonable. Yeah. So, so James, anything new with you this week before we uh, jump into the main topic? Well, yeah. I I actually I got one of the
2: weirdest guitars that I've ever. Had in a trade this week, or at the end of the middle of last week, I guess. Uh, I got a Washburn Forest Lee Junior. B Bender acoustic. What? Okay, exactly. Like, I so this guy came in the record shop and said, "Hey, you know, there's this Yamaha I like, and and uh, what what would you think about trading? I've got this. I've got this Washburn." And I couldn't hear him. He's got a little Scottish accent and we've got masks on and, and it's a record shop. So music's really loud. And you I mean communication inside the record stores become a pain. But anyway, I was like, well, I'd have to see it. And and, he, and I I thought I heard him say, as he was walking out the door, you know, yeah, gonna, I got gonna, yeah, yeah. And he just kind of Scrooge McDuck and walked, walked out the door. And a little bit later I thought, did he say B bender? And he walked in, and I saw an acoustic case, and I was like, "Okay, well, then it's not what I was thinking." And I opened it up, and and at the uh, the strap pin up at the top of the guitar, there is a pulley, and it it has a B-bender, and what a weird thing, right? Um, How how do you even begin to do that on an acoustic? so inside there's a, there's a rail that goes through the inside of the guitar Yeah. comes up and on the B pin, there's a, there's a, it's instead of being a pin that goes through, it's a, it's a little ratchet and it gets twisted. The, the string is wrapped in that ratchet and it uh-huh. twists up and goes up a half step. Um, and, or yeah, you can actually adjust it a little bit to go up, you know what you'd like it to go up and right and yeah it's it's actually a really solid device i went in, you know it's, it's not a thin piece of steel that the bar is everything's really well done and well made uh the guitar is is rosewood with a uh nice piece of spruce on the top and it sounds great plays great there's one of those uh uh torch of life inlays in it, which I don't really care. I don't, I'm not a huge inlay unless it says something like, you know, like someone's name on it. That is not mine. Sure. Um, you know, and it, it, yeah, I, I have no use for it whatsoever. And I, unless someone trades me something really weird for it, I will never get rid of that guitar. <laughs> I don't blame you. That, yeah, that sounds.
0: You got to <laughs> yeah. hold on to the weird stuff.
2: Uh, yeah. That's. That that's really the obsession is if, if it's strange and unuseful, I need to have it. <laughs>
0: mm. No, I, I get that. Like most of my guitars at this point are so weird that I'm not really sure how easily I'd even be able to sell them if I wanted to, but I definitely don't want to. People ask all the time to buy my, um, Squire pawn shop series offset. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's like the, the the pink with the F hole and it's offset and it's got two humbuckers that look like jazz masters. And um, people ask constantly to, to buy that guitar for me. But then after I say, well, what do you want to pay for it? They, they stop responding. <laughs> like, all right. Like everything's for sale. Truly like, except for my tuna tone, everything I have like has a price. Like there's oh. a price where I would get rid of it for sure.
2: Someone comes and offers you a life changing amount for anything. There's that, sure, and and even some non life changing amounts, right? But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Like, okay, you want my um, you you want you want you want to buy one of my weird guitars? Like, yeah. I mean, there's sure. How much? How much? How much? How much money do you want it? Like,
1: right, right, right.
0: Quantify how much you want this weird weird instrument I have.
1: Well, well, thanks for sharing that story about that acoustic B-bender. I might have to, I might have to make a drive out your direction at some point just to come check that out. That sounds super cool. Yeah, I, I,
2: it will be up in the synthesizer room, and and we'll have to, you know, come, come out and we'll we'll go up when the shop's closed up in there in in my weird lair, and and, uh, yeah, the, the trick would really be to to be playing some vintage synths along with that to just. Make it strange in a way that doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's jump into our sponsors real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into the main topic. We got some good stuff today.
0: I mean, Andrew, you're the one with the pedal from the sponsor.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's true. <laughs> that would. I was like, "Is Emily get a start? Like,
0: oh, wait, I've one. got the you're pedal.
1: It's
3: the yeah, it. yeah." So.
1: I've got the pedal hooked up on my board. Um, It's the – where's my board? I can't even see my board from here. Um,
0: It's the Blister and Peel by Spun Loud Effects.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My brain's still spinning. Uh, Blister and Peel by Spun Loud Effects. So I put that on my board last night along with uh, the 50-50 that I got. And so I swapped out the – I had a Waller's Congra on there and the Mount Hood Fuzz. Uh, so I pulled those two off and swatched the other two on, and I'm super blown away by how much range that has. the uh, The peel side of things, especially with the the fat knob. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, that that cleans up so nicely and gets like these really thick, like jazzy tones. Uh, I mean,
0: jazzy tones, okay?
1: But mm-hmm. so, like, it it rolls down to, like just it's it's not even a fuzz anymore. That's just an overdrive. Or a a boost. I mean, it got. If you roll the fat knob all the way up and the gain knob down quite a bit, I mean, it's not even clipping. It's just now you're in preamp territory. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just really enjoyed it. When I. uh, Diming it out, uh, it's still a fuzz, but it doesn't like. It doesn't respond how I imagine a fuzz would respond. It's got more of a distortion feel to it. But yeah. with a fuzz-like sound quality. So it's like this nice hybrid between the two and, and not like in like a rat or like a big muff way where people are like, oh, it's a fuzz. No, it's a distortion. Like, make up your mind. Like, no, like this is still very clearly its own thing. And I'm, I was really enjoying the sounds I was getting out of it. Uh, I was stacking it with the, the 250 um, and uh, playing it with uh, my guitar I've got in drop C. And it's getting some <laughs> really gnarly low tones awesome so uh, anyways it's orange that's my criteria for what makes a pedal good but moving past that fact it's actually really 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 solid pedal and you should go buy one
0: you should do a photo shoot with uh, the spun loud and your orange guitar
1: i i could do that yeah it means i have to take it off my pedal board are you trying to get me to take it off my pedal board i told you once it goes on it's never coming back
0: and i told you that's rude
1: it is rude, but it's a nice pedal. I don't want to give it back.
0: I mean, too bad.
1: Fine.
0: I gave you the congra.
1: I know, I know. It's just fun to spin up <laughs> it's just fun to spin up a little bit of drama because you and I don't disagree as much as we thought we would.
0: I don't know about that. I disagree with that. <laughs> Alrighty.
1: <laughs> so
0: but uh, James, have you heard, have you heard of Spun Loud? Um they're based out of uh West Seattle.
2: No, I haven't. Who who is it?
0: It's a guy, a fellow named Dan, and uh this is the V2 of his of his it's his only pedal, actually he he has two. Um but it's the only one I think that's really super duper in production right now. Um yeah, but it's uh it's nice. Local. Always like those local builders like Recovery and Spun Loud yeah. and Sinusoid and Lawler, even.
2: Well, I have to, uh, now I have to find one and check it out. Yeah. So, Do it.
0: Yeah. Ooh, Tell Dan we sent you.
2: <laughs> I will. Well, maybe nice. Dan's listening, and Dan could say, oh, I need to talk no. to James, too.
0: I think he does listen. So, there, there you go. Donald. Hi, Dan. Yeah. Hi, Dan. Hi, Hi Dan. Um, oh, that was weird, and I'm sure you regretted it as soon as you did it.
1: I don't regret much.
0: But you do regret that? Is that where that's going?
1: No. All
0: right. All right. All right. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, so, um...
1: so topics today. Topics today. So we brought James on the show. He uh he is the owner of the guitar store, and that's been through a uh, some serious ups and downs with the world of COVID, and now some changes with the USPS, and we wanted to bring you on to have a... A free form conversation about what your experience has been like as a business owner through these troublesome times and just kind of talk and process through that. And, and then we'll transition the conversation into what you think things are going to look like moving forward and what are some of our takeaways um, for other business owners and for consumers who deal with business owners as we're all moving forward uh, in the world of hopefully soon to be post COVID, but not for not as soon as we would like. How does that it, sound? It's going to be a while. We, yeah, like, yeah. That's I,
2: I think the first thing through everything that that you just brought led into is we. I I think for sanity's sake, I have to accept, and and I think everybody else does it. This is going to be a while. We're gonna we're gonna live with with this disease, with this virus, and the after effects and the side effects for quite a while as a society.
1: And, sure. Sure
2: and that that doesn't mean that everything has to be doomy and gloomy in and India. it just means that we have to accept the fact that that uh we're we're going to have to do some work sure we got to adapt and overcome as yeah. best as we can yeah and that's a bummer cuz i you know i just want to play video games and guitar and and you know um lay around with my cats and do nothing <laughs> all day so
3: yeah
2: um
1: uh, yeah but
2: that doesn't happen. So, right.
3: Yeah.
1: So if I, may, uh, if I may poke and prod a little bit at uh, a little bit of a painful memory, uh, the guitar store location in Seattle has shut down. And could you tell us a little bit more about the circumstances of that and kind of what our takeaways are uh, sure. looking back? Because that happened a few months ago. Um,
2: it, it did. It happened in, it happened in March. Um, well, every, everyone in the state of Washington – not everyone – Businesses that were selected as non-essential in the state of Washington were shut down uh, in the middle of March this year. I uh, actually a few days before that, we the, a couple week before that, we had started to limit our operations. Uh, the shutdown was evident. It was it was something that we saw coming. Uh, we had when the local school districts started. To close schools, we closed our our in-store teaching program, and we had put the door to a buzz-in so we could limit the amount of people coming into the shop, requested that everybody wash their hands when they came into the store in one of the bathrooms we had, and just tried to start limiting the amount of touches that people would have on instruments. At that point, we didn't know how long this lived on surfaces. There There was a lot of information that was unknown. And we took a fairly conservative approach early on, uh, early meeting a week before everything shut down. Uh, But in the middle of that week, we had a sewage backup from 83rd Street uh, in the the city line uh, that backed up water into our bathroom in the teaching area and then seeped out onto our, our, you know, through the teaching room into the sales floor. And we couldn't get anybody from the city to come in, uh, which effectively condemned us in a place where we had to have people wash their hands coming in. Uh, and then a few days later, the statewide mandate came to shut down the store and that was an indefinite period. Uh, about a month into it, it became obvious this was going to be a long shutdown. And at the end of April, still not being able to get any resolve and getting the, the, the city to do anything about the sewage issue, uh, we decided to move out of the store. Uh, we were, as our lawyer terms it, constructively evicted from the location. And I spent the month of May traveling back and forth from Port Townsend, where I live, taking a ferry over to Seattle, filling my van up, bringing – Stuff back over to Port Townsend. I have a record store out here and a storage warehouse uh, that was in the middle of being turned into a synthesizer museum, and is now just a storage warehouse. Uh, and just moved all the product out to get it out of there. It, it was, you know, and, and yeah, you know, unfortunately, that that really kind of drove home the idea that I, I I knew that I wouldn't be able to look for another place in the Seattle area. I had been previously. Uh, the building had been purchased and we knew that we only had a matter of time if that was nine months or three years in that spot uh, before the the demo was going to happen and the condo would start to go up. So I'd been looking for places in North Seattle to move the shop to, uh, I I just I decided after hauling everything out so quickly that I I'm not going to at least for the mid length future look for another location in Seattle again. Yeah. So,
0: uh, I mean that's fair. It's it's a it'd be a really odd time to start a brick and mortar thing in a new location.
2: I, you know what what are what do you even do? We're out here. We're limited to how many people we can have in at a time. I still don't like the idea of people touching and handling the instruments. And then they can't just go back on the wall. And, you know, the question comes, how do you disinfect something with a nitrocellulose finish? You don't Um, Right. You you
0: you let it sit for three days.
2: So every time that I demo a guitar, it's now off the floor for three days. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I'm doing appointments and, and, trying to have people set up to appointments that doesn't, I'm not completely strict on it. There was a kid that came in yesterday and he, he came over from Whidbey Island, uh, you know, walked on the ferry and walked over here and, and he asked about an instrument and I said, well, you know, I've got to do appointments. He's like, yeah, I knew I should have called. And, and what do you think? And he ended up buying a Les Paul and, and um, yeah, Hey, happy ending. He, he was actually, he walked out of here like, like kind of floating across the street. Uh, and
0: yeah. <laughs> new guitar glow. Oh,
2: yeah. That's... Oh, he, he was, I think he was like the first serious instrument that he'd ever owned. So, oh. um, you know, and, and I, I, you know, we, there, there, there's, there's the map world and then there's the, what things get sold at world. And, and he got it at the, what it's been sold at world and said, wow, that's cheaper than, than, you know, the behemoth stores. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's less than online. It's like, well, yeah, you, you walked in and we talked like human beings and and you were pretty <laughs> cool, right? So, um, yeah. So anyway, that that's where this is. And I, I expect we're going to see another shutdown again. Uh, seems like the state of Washington is creeping back up with infection rates. And um, you know, we just heard yesterday that you know, on this side of the water, out of the peninsula that, that the hospital in Bremerton had 30 infections that they, they tested positive. They came positive back back yesterday morning in the hospital. That's not good. No, that's when, that's when you start to see the real issue. And when healthcare becomes unable to serve, that is the concern that that everyone who seems to take this seriously has.
0: It's like, I think I saw a tweet that said, Uh, When things open back up, it's not because COVID is gone. It means there's a hospital bed available for you.
2: Yeah, and and if the hospitals go out,
0: then that's when we close things back up.
2: Yeah, and yeah, yeah, so that yeah, that's a little more
0: reactionary uh, than I would like, but
2: well, that's that's it, and 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 the good news is is that it sounds like we're rounding the corner of. We're understanding and we have people who who actually know what they're talking about that that are understanding what options may be available for unrolling vaccines and and treatment and lowering lowering the the bad effects of the infection when it hits yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know, I and we have to have hope for that yeah and we all want it to be gone uh, it, it I don't believe that it's going to miraculously just disappear one day, but between hygiene and science.
1: <laughs> it,
2: yeah. it,
0: Hopefully it we could. can figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. totally. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I, I know that, um, just even in general, before, before COVID like Fender, I put out studies showing that, you know, more people in general are buying guitars online than before. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think it's very hard for a lot of people to just go in and spend the amount of money or make the investment they would make on a guitar um, online completely. But I, what's kind of your perspective on that? Do you think that there will always be people who want to go in and actually feel the guitars in their hands? Because I know a lot of, of women who are first-time buyers, they just buy something online because they don't want to go into a store because they don't really... Either they know what that situation is going to be like, or they are, and they don't like that, or they have no idea what it's going to be like, and they're kind of afraid for the worst.
2: Oh yeah, that that's. I mean, you, they, you just you just hit a, a couple of different points there, right? Um, I'll start with the first one that that the buying online is only going to increase, and that's at all levels. That's from the beginner, uh, the cheapest guitar on Amazon, which. Don't buy that. Um. <laughs> the frets
0: the fret, the fret aren't spaced correctly. People, this is the truth.
2: Yeah, if, if you They're... if you want to play that guitar a year from now, that is not the guitar you want to buy. You'll just find oh. yourself throwing it off a bridge. Yeah, it, this this will be uh, this this experience will not be fun or enjoyable for you at all. Uh, to the the real high end collectible instrument. I, I I sell more Gibson Paul Reed Smith and Fender custom shops online than I ever would in the store. Wow that's uh, wild by far by far and and you know that was one that was when I was in a major metropolitan area with a very well established very well staffed store right. everybody we knows, knew who online. you
1: guys were the moment they got into town
2: yeah and uh you know part of that is i i take i have I have a photo set that I like to use with every instrument. And there are 15 pictures that I like to get up of the instrument. Uh, I like to have at least a short video that's out there, if it's not just on social media, but actually on listings too. People who are in the market for those instruments know what they want. They they know what it's going to play like. They're, they're not just blindly buying something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're willing to take that risk. The the people that really should have the experience of an in-store are the ones buying the first instrument.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Oh, totally. There, there's something about it. uh, Someone comes into the store, say they don't, they don't know. They've never even held an instrument before. They never held a guitar before. Maybe they played clarinet in, in middle school or there was a piano in the house growing up or, you know, my grandma had an acoustic guitar or, you know, but mm-hmm. we can we can we can learn an E chord and a G and and maybe even you know, if there's some type of advanced person they they can they can switch those two while we're sitting there and learn just they don't even know what it means that they that they now have a chord there, but they they they've been shown something. Um pick a few things up and it's really weird about instruments is that I can tell you everything about why it, what it does and why it's made. But as soon as you hold something that is right, you have no alternative. That is that you belong to that guitar.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, you know, well, why is this? I don't know. Because it fits your hands perfectly because it fits your body perfectly Uh, because you saw it on the wall and you were attracted to it.
0: It inspires you
2: yeah it if you want,
0: i always say buy the guitar it's like when when you're buying when i was buying a bicycle for commuting um i got the advice don't buy the cheapest bicycle don't buy like the bicycle that makes the most sense to buy buy the bicycle that you also like the way it looks that's going to inspire you to take it out and ride it and it's the same yeah. for guitars because otherwise it's just gonna sit in the garage or sit on the wall or in a closet
2: yeah, the the closet, the, the closet, or under the bed. Anytime it goes back in the bag or case is the worst thing that happens for a beginning guitar player.
0: Mm-hmm. I, but that, they get the advice also that it's the best place to keep your guitar for for safety reasons. But I don't, I don't take guitars out of the cases.
2: No, they do. You know how heavy they are inside the case? Like they're they're like they're like five hundred pounds or more. It's, it's that's a five person <laughs> job to get that out of there. And if it's under yeah. a bed, that you need like three people to push it from behind to get it out
3: totally a
2: wall. and, you, and it, you love the way it looks
0: oh it's like when you when you when, when you. i've always i also got the advice once that like if you see vintage equipment that is just like pristine it's because no one ever played it
2: oh on, on vintage stuff especially yeah That's, oh yeah, yeah.
1: no yeah. i i definitely resonate with that i i uh, had to keep my guitars cased mostly through college and Looking back, I play now more than I ever did in college because now I've got my own place and I've got my guitars up on the wall sitting right next to me. And I can just – I pick it up and I'll just play it for a couple minutes before eating dinner or whatever it may be. But if they were in the case, I just – even as someone who's been playing for a few handful of years, I'm not as likely to well, let me go grab the case and go throw it on the couch and open it up and find somewhere to then put the case while so I'm holding the guitar and it just – it's it's a drag.
0: Well, it's like in the winter, I keep my hummingbird in the case for humidity purposes, and I play it a lot less in the winter.
1: Yeah, sure,
2: yeah, that's yeah, uh, but
0: uh, when they're on the wall, they're just also like kind of whispering your name, like um, that episode of The Twilight Zone with the with the uh slot machine.
1: No, nah, it's creepy now. I'm, yeah. I'm not sleeping again, <laughs> I've got sleep issues, uh, a little,
0: less, a little so... less haunting, but it's funny how a few minutes with a guitar turns into two hours.
2: It, it's nice. It's a nice thing to, to do. It's, it's meditation. So, mm, so
1: James, nice. you're saying how about online sales are only going to go up and for beginners that that's really where the, the in-person experience value is. Um, there's yeah, a couple other I, points Emily that, dropped that you're going to get to.
2: Oh yeah. And, and, and the one that has bothered me for so long, um, the inclusion aspect, uh, guitar shops, B and, o, B and O, so music music instrument stores. You have two different types, right? You have you have the the B and O store, which is band and orchestra, and you know that's your that's your student instrument uh, type of you know, school instrument type of store. And then you have the rock shop, which you know could be stores like mine or the neighborhood guitar store or you know, a guitar center. Those have always been. Bro, bro, stores. Oh yeah, right. And and how you know traditionally it's it's uh, let's look back in the '80s when just it was the like the worst of all cocaine fueled uh, you know R A W K type of, of thing to now it's it's it, it's had a hard time kicking that uh, that 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 kind of sexist feel and, and that has, you know, so I've, in starting a store, I, you know, I, I I thought, how do what do I even do? I, I, you know, I I don't want to put a sign out that says, you know, Hey, let me target you. You are welcome. Uh, because that seems really disingenuous if I want to just say I I want people to be welcome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so my whole goal has always been, if you walk into a guitar store, you know, my store, um, I want to treat you like a guitarist. And, and the people that I've always been more wary of are the ones that aren't guitarists, right. Or, or that don't, that not that they're not guitarists, but moreover, they're not interested in the guitar at all. Okay. Now, now you're, I don't know why you're here, (laughs) but you know, there's your safe, there's your security aspect. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, how do you, how, Do you take a traditionally sexist male environment and turn into something that says, you know, you're a woman, you come in here and this is a spot that that opens you up as a place, a a tool shop for you to create out of Mm -hmm. Um, and and not be placating? You know, hey, look at the pink guitar we've got.
0: Oh, I've I've been to those shops like let's oh, teenage girl. Have you seen these guitars that are shaped like flowers?
2: Yeah, it, I, oh, come on. Do you, do you think that? Do you think that maybe? Um, do you think that maybe? A. Everyone's different. Yes. And and B. If we're selling creativity, we've got to let everybody create what they want. So I, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like when people come and go. I want a, I want a guitar to play metal on. Cool. What what guitar are you looking for? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, right. You
0: you know, you, yeah, you can play metal on a BC Rich. You can play metal on any guitar. No.
2: A, you know, it's like, well, you know, I I don't really want a jazz bass because I'm not into playing jazz. <laughs> um, right. And, yeah. And that's so
0: very, I mean, it's in the name. It's confusing.
2: Yeah. So it's it's been it's been an interesting thing. I've, I've uh, you and I have a mutual friend in Susan that, that Palmer that who was. Um, and when Susan was teaching at the shop we talked about this and and, and Susan was like well, how about hiring how about hiring more women? And I was like Susan I've I've had you know in at that point I think I'd been open for 6 years I I've had 3 women apply for a job um you know one of them I hired you know one woman I hired uh one woman came in and wrote her resume on the spot in a crayon oh. and and talked about you know abductions and, and, uh, you know, she was, she was not balanced. Uh, and, and the other woman just, it, it, it wasn't going to be work out. Right. You know, just times would never work. Uh, How, how can you hire more people if you have three people apply for the job? Um,
0: I mean, there, there, you could do active recruiting. That's, that's one thing that I think, um, like it's, it just takes a lot more time and energy and sometimes you actually have to pay somebody to find, to do that active right. recruiting for you. And it's, yeah, it is hard. I will always see that it's not easy. It's easier said than done when it comes to, to hiring more women. And like, I also want to see more women applying for these types of jobs just in general.
2: Yeah. And that, that was, I mean, that's really, if, if you, you know, and, and I, I, and I did, I will say, I tried to steal a few students in too, um, you know, to, to get in. At, right. Right. Yeah, that's uh, a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. If you want to make a change, you got to put yourself out for the change too. So it's, it's a two way street.
0: But Um, it is a little weird, like as a, as a woman who like is applying for jobs, I do also look to see, are there already any women working there? Maybe. Um, Because if there's not, that's always like you, that's a big risk that you're taking. If you're like, well, am I going to be the first or the only, or the second woman working there? Um, so like it, it, it does kind of sort of create a cycle that I think has, it takes a lot more work to actively break, um, that kind of cycle. And, and, and it's in a lot of industries. It's not just the musical instrument industry. And I'll say I'm seeing a lot more women, uh, working and doing outreach on behalf of, uh, the brands that we work with as get offset. Um, mm-hmm. like search industry industries, uh, they make those really nice Big spring reverb units. Mm-hmm. Uh, like their their uh, U.S. team has a woman on it, and she's the one who reached out to me. Earthquaker does great jobs at that. I know Walrus has now more than one female employee, and um, it's I think something that's changing more now. I think women are seeing themselves now more working at these companies and being hired by these companies, or anything like that. So I think, I think that it's on the horizon, but it's, it's, it, we're, we're gaining on it.
2: it it's, it's evolving. Um, I, you know, what, one of the, the things I've seen and, and um, you know, you'll take yourself as an example Uh, women influencers
3: mm-hmm.
2: are, are, are becoming more prevalent and changing the game and, uh, and really Taking control it, it, when, when you when you actually own your career, uh, it it puts you in a place to to be more out front, and that's as companies start working with more influencers with with diversity and and not just hiring the same white guy with with puffy metal hair, yeah. um, you know the you know the the, the same Aquanet uh, uh, metal influencer over and over again it it that changes the landscape
0: yeah um, i've actually been yeah. getting at a couple brands lately because like their brands some of their their few like people i've worked with before or i've demoed their products and they did a launches and they didn't have a single woman launching mm-hmm. these pedals i'm like hey y'all know i'm not i'm not the only one who does this <laughs> uh, i'm happy to send you a list of other names of people that maybe you could include in these but like, what do I have to do to get involved in more of your product launches? Like, Old Blood Noise, I, I do their product launches all the time, and they're very mm-hmm. excited to work with me, and I love their pedals. And I've done them with Strymon and a couple others. But, you know, I'm like, I know I'm still small potatoes, but it does kind of bum me out when I see like all of these, uh, like my peers in the demo space. Um, like premiering a product together and then I have to go and ask for it separately. And then I lose the, the jump on it a little bit. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I would like I, to be involved. So I just have to ask like, Hey, next time.
2: It, it's a, that's the, the, that's a self-promotion, a vicious self-promotion machine too, that, that influencing. And, and yeah, um, yeah that's, I, I know a lot of people have management that are, you know it's a, it's now become such an industry but i think that there's it because it is something that's so uh fan interactive that it, it this this can be a wide open spot for change yeah and i i look forward to seeing how i so part of me hates the influencer game so much that you know we've created um we created this strange world with social media that, that has become very vapid. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other part of me is like, okay, there's some serious empowering abilities that can come out of, out of this. And yeah. um, Yeah.
0: Honestly, I got tired of saying, where are the women in the demo channels? I'm like, Oh, I mean, I have some nice cameras. I'm good enough at guitar. Why, why the hell am I not doing this? And, uh, I just did it
2: because you weren't that's why
0: right? i know i just i yeah. did the thing that's the thing like how do you how do you start a demo channel Well, you start a demo channel like yeah <laughs> you, you you don't even you don't even need more than an iphone and like a tysco interface like you can do these things all like with a lot less gear or a lot less of a financial like investment than you think
2: yeah but if it's funny i just watched your tysco video uh and it and it made me want to uh I, i'm gonna have a, a we're talking with them about some other brands they do and and that's i i need to have them send me a, a the Tysco interface for myself now because of watching your video
0: oh so, i know it's like i'm trying to get my mom to get one because she is picking a like my mom is the reason i play guitar like she had a guitar um and she's mm-hmm. getting back into it so she's getting her first electric and she's asking about amps and i just kind of want to be like Mm, this might be enough for you. Like you might be really happy with just this little interface pedal. Cause she doesn't want something that like is audible. Like, so maybe you don't want an amp, maybe you just want an interface, but trying to explain to her, like what an interface is a little difficult, but that's a cool, it's, just, it's a cool little pedal. Like I would take that on vacation.
2: Yeah. Oh God. And it's so powerful to, to, to be able to have that, to be able to have that way to connect to media
0: yeah, and it doesn't That's... sound bad. Like none of these plugins on GarageBand or Cakewalk sounded bad, right? I didn't think like, yeah, like I wouldn't submit that as like the final. Like I'm recording a project today for, for something that might be re- released commercially. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> like if I'm just like practicing or learning a song and don't want to get out, like plug in my entire pedal board. It's it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
2: P- pretty soon, we're just going to plug things into our brains, and nice. Then, then it will only be judged on the uh, our our ability to create.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
3: Um,
0: I know that the one the one other thing that we kind of want to talk about today, um, if we have enough time to really get into it, is uh, the postal service <laughs> and everything that's happening with that. At least that's, that's what Andrew had uh, communicated the, the, to
2: me. The the sub pop band.
0: Ooh. Go. Such great heights um.
1: <laughs> so usps has been through some interesting uh political shenanigans the last few weeks couple months uh and it's been really brought into the to the public eye and now everyone's starting to go wait a minute what and something that i've been acutely aware of i, I mean uh, fox cairo is such a small-time business uh it's not like it's severely impacting my Uh, my way of life right now, but I I have been noticing uh, how USPS times have been increasingly getting worse and worse and how that's been impacting my business. And I can only imagine from your perspective, doing a lot of shipping, what that's been like for you. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that and kind of how you're navigating that as a business owner.
2: It is interesting and scary. I I don't want to play the victim role here as the business owner, but God, it seems like every level of our government, from from the local, you know, the, the city and county, to the state, to the federal, have have really decided that this year they're going to do things to make it hard for all of us to be in business. Um, you know, the the thing that has saved my has saved my shop is that I've been able to really rely on shipping. Part of that was we use priority mail for pedals we we have an agreement that we've been working with the assumption that, that they're going to keep their word with the US Postal Service for a price and a delivery time on pedals uh, and and the fact they're going to get it to people's door uh, this is as far as I'm concerned a, a national utility similar to the interstate highway system and if and this has been this has been changed and altered and uh, you know if you listen to some it's been sabotaged for political reasons for for uh, delivery of ballots in the in the upcoming election uh, if you listen to others it's because of uh, absolute incompetence if you listen to some it's because that system was broken and we need to change it now uh, I, I, I think that I don't really care what it comes down to for that. I'm, I'm going to go for my selfish thing that, that if I don't, if I don't have the ability to make a living, I then have, then I don't have the ability to make good on my commitments to people. And there's nothing that I like worse than that. Uh, so we ship on an average day between 60 and hundred pedals out of the store. And primarily those go out out, out via United States postal service. We have time commitments that we have offered if if it's sold through a third party site, such as Reverb, where it says that it's a two day shipment or Amazon, which has that expectation also. Uh, You know, the consumer has voted that they want these subsidized government subsidized delivery systems to work for them. Uh, You know, this is this has been a vote by by purchasing influence and. The the funny thing is even though people will tell you, Oh, I bought this pedal on Reverb, you know, I bought this pedal on eBay, I bought this pedal at Amazon, I bought this thing from Amazon, they 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 did that when everything went smooth and it got there, but if for some reason it doesn't get delivered in time, even though it got shipped in time, they're mad at the, the retailer they bought it from. So Right. Yeah, selfish thing. I, I just want things to go smooth. I, I have been offered a commitment. I pay on time. I deliver things on time. I ship on time. Uh, I put in a lot of work to do that. And I, and I see that there's a strange sabotage and it has been sabotage. We've taken out sorting machines. We have, we have uh, uh, taken off hours from postal delivery clerks, uh, you know there, had, there has been a pretty obvious a, attempt to change the system when it wasn't actually broken. Quickly, and the, the guise of that is that that it wasn't making profit. Well, it's, it, it was never set up to make profit. It, it was a public utility. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, you know, without getting too political, uh, the I I, I, and I and I say that. I say that kind of as a joke cause I'm about to go there. Uh, you know, I, I I've seen my, I've seen my County government do things to throttle business and, and I'm out here in a, in a small town where there's a, a lot of retirees who life for them has not changed much at all. I don't know what, I don't know what people are complaining about. Um, uh, you know, I'm retired. Uh, and they go around and they count masks inside of, of restaurants and, and businesses and see how many people are inside of them and, and report people. If, if the business is not, uh, able to keep people in line, because that's, that's safely our job, I guess. Um, right. To the state level where we've, we've had, you know, we were shut down as being non-essential and yet you could still walk into Walmart and go to every, every uh, area of the Walmart, including the record area, and buy records to compete with us. I just, you know, I, I, so I saw that, and now I have the federal government and the administration um, who, uh, again, just did something that, that is against the American public and against American businesses. I mean, this is the same bozo who, who this week came out and, and told people to boycott Goodyear Tires, who is you know, one of the largest uh, employers in, in its region.
0: In the United uh, States, yeah.
2: I, I mean, you know, uh, and all of their it,
0: competitors are in other countries. It's amazing. Get your
2: cat sound ready. Th- this is this is complete <laughs> treason and sabotage. But um, anyway, I don't want to get too political there. I don't really, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm anyway.
1: Uh, I mean, at a certain point, it's it's almost impossible to remain apolitical when it's down to no. This dude's coming after is making it the U.S. completely inhospitable for for business. I mean it, that's it, there's it, no way around that.
2: At at this point we have to look at it as um we have an enemy agent who has uh who has taken over the the executive branch of our government.
0: Cool. Um well that's none of that is cool. That's all very bad and upsetting, but uh it's it's always interesting cuz people talk about these things sometimes as if they're like hypotheticals
1: right as it's, it's like these it's, it's real an thing. abstract yeah. concept.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't oh, This is just happening people. in
1: Washington D.C.
0: And people like don't understand that the actual um, issues involved and how people are affected. But uh, James, <laughs> we do want to be respectful of your time. We know you have some businesses to run. Uh, a couple of them. Um, is there anything you want to say before uh, before we close it up? Like where people can find um, the guitar store now, or how people can uh, shop in person or online for your, for your businesses.
2: We, we just hit a crescendo there with uh, you know, boom, big. Uh, uh, and then now we're going to go, okay, let's, let's talk. Back if you've got stuff. a few
1: minutes, we could flesh oh, yeah. out for just oh. a couple more minutes before closing out. Yeah.
2: So, um, and, and I will say just quickly that with you on the on the postal deal, we we have definitely seen things showing up late to consumers. Uh, we're definitely, and, and I and I'm a member of a number of groups with, their, like you know, an eBay sellers group and an Amazon sellers group, and and people are people in other industries in that group are noticing this often. And and both Reverb and eBay have gotten in touch with us and said, this is what we're looking at. Uh, we are monitoring this situation, and we're trying to figure out publicly how we make this statement to try to, yeah. you know, do with consumers. And and uh, yeah, it's and hard with pay- when people,
0: and because when people pay with PayPal, if they don't get the thing in 30 days, even if it's on the way and provable on the way, sometimes PayPal just will refund the buyer's money, and the buyer gets both.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's. Sure. And, and I've got a friend in another industry uh who's a third party Amazon seller who is saying that they've had they've just straight up lost money because the they've had several units show up late and when something shows up late on Amazon and a seller complains, Amazon says, Cool, we'll give you full refund, you get to keep the product and that's coming out of the seller's money, even though the seller shipped on time and did everything right. Right. Which is I
0: usually just get five dollars back is all I ever get.
1: Amazon will refund a seller
2: it will refund a buyer completely or they'll they'll make a small payment whatever they arbitrarily feel. Amazon is so weird to sell on. It just it it's it's funny when Reverb changed their prices went from 3.5% to 5% last month or the beginning of this month there, there was an uproar of people who were you know we're going to boycott Reverb I'm never going to sell there again and it's like go try selling on Amazon it, it you know, the reverb's 5%. Amazon at the end of the day is about 25%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, Hey, so you asked about where I'm at now and, and I'm, yep. I'll put some shameless plugs in. Uh, a few years ago, I moved back to port Townsend, in Washington. I'm out on the tip of the peninsula, the, you know, the Northeast tip of the peninsula, uh, there's a record store that I purchased that I have been going to since I was a kid, Quimper Sound Records. It's been in Port Townsend since 1974. I moved it, when I bought it, there was a huge collection in storage, 65,000 records that were in storage at the old owner's house. And I, I moved to a bigger location on Water Street, which is the main street on, here on the water, uh, and brought all those records in. Now the guitar store is evolving into this location here. Also upstairs, I have a a vintage synthesizer museum that I am still in the process of moving in and opening. We're going through about 200 vintage keyboards and teching them and making videos of each one, which we're going to we're going to launch the videos hopefully by the first quarter of next year. And then as people are able to start coming in and touch things again, have a place where you can come in and have an interactive hands on chance to play things that maybe you'll never see anywhere else. Uh, bring mm-hmm. your, bring your laptop, record the local studios, get to borrow stuff for free. Uh, so the local studios will have a, a huge vintage synth collection to, to use and, and really trying to promote the arts here. This, this weekend would have been the, the thing festival.
0: Oh gosh, Warden, that's right.
2: Which was yeah, Sas- Sasquatch's replacement after, after SDG, uh, Lost Sasquatch, the location for Sasquatch, they you know, Adam Zachs moved it out here to Fort Warden, yeah. and it was a it was a phenomenal success last year. It was great. Uh, they actually had the cast of Napoleon Dynamite on and did a reading, oh. which was hilarious. Uh, you know, Uncle Rico was out playing Uncle Rico, nice. and uh, yes, you know, so this this little community here has started to become it has been a music community and it has been growing and, and I wanted to have something out here that was going to give a real unique experience for people who made it this far out. We're still working on that. That's our post COVID thought. We're Mm going to come back and we're going to have a place for people to come into the record store is, is incredible. I only sell LPs here. I don't sell CDs. I, I, you know, I have quite a few new releases. I have, a lot of obscure releases and you know, tens of thousands of used records. It's, it's a vinyl junkies kind of place. You, you, it's a good place to walk through and bin search and pick and, and uh, you know, we're doing record store day next weekend for nice. one of the rescheduled record store days. I, I still have no idea how that really works with the three different record store days this year, but uh, like everything, we're all learning. And as always, we're online. Still, the SeattleGuitarStore.com website is up, or you can go to QuimperSound.com and link in all the inventories there. We're shipping daily. Uh, I've got a, a fantastic tech, and Jordan Wagner is working out of here who does you know, from vintage keyboards to amplifiers to guitars. And he's the, the cool thing about Jordan uh, is that he is he's a fan of the instruments he's working on it. Like, like you get something back from him, you're going to get an earful about how cool it was and who used it and, and what neat things happened with it. Uh, that's exciting. And uh, yeah, get back into having kids programs. Centrum, which is a, an arts foundation out here has, has a lot of educational programs and music camps during the summer. And we want to really evolve into having that be something that we're sponsoring more and more of. So that's what I'm doing. I'm still working towards the future and working towards this being a blip of a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, With
1: so. everything you've got going on, I think it's uh, uh more than fair for me to assess that the the US government sh- greatly benefits from having you around. Uh and our communities our communities benefit from that and I really think that it, I really got my fingers crossed hope to die that we see some major changes happening in government that make things more hospitable for, uh, for everything you've got going on. Cause good gravy. You're like, that, that's all I've got working. I'm like, dude, you've got a lot going on. And so much of that is, so, it sounds like it's geared towards the betterment of the community. I think that's, that's rad on so many levels.
2: Totally. We have to, everyone has to work local. You know, if, if that's um, as as small as just being nice to somebody you don't know, uh, not immediately disagreeing with everyone, hearing other people's sides. I've really, I've really tried to understand other people's sides of things. I have my own opinions and I'm, I'm highly opinionated. And uh, yet I still have to try to have empathy and figure out what, what other people, why other people believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. And and understand where I'm wrong in that, and and if I am, yeah, yeah, maybe I can evolve. Uh, one of the hardest things I see is the lack of forgiveness that we have in this world right now, and we're going to have to have a lot of that to get through everything that we're going through.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and, and that's hard because that that means that maybe someone who's offended me, I, I, I might not have to keep on being offended by them. And that's, that's a change right
0: yeah it is
2: that that's a that's a really tough thing I you know for everyone everyone I've ever met that seems like a tough thing for them and, and uh, so yeah I do i I try to focus on the community I can't change the big world at whole I do bitch about it a lot I rant a lot uh I'm a true gen Xer and that's what we do we we rant and duck and uh <laughs> yeah so I'm yeah. you know I, I'm happy to have been on on the the get offset. I, I don't think we even talked about an offset guitar really once. Yeah, um,
0: we're not really but, a podcast about offset guitars. it's a I, <laughs> more of a pun yeah.
2: more yeah. of a
0: pun yeah
1: we're interested in reference. Uh, We're interested in offsetting the the culture of the gear world for the better, and I think yeah. I, I think what you're doing 100 percent falls in line with that vision. And
3: mm-hmm.
1: We appreciate you for it. Yeah. Well, let,
2: let me let me uh, let me. It sounds like we're we're getting to the point of leaving. Let me let me leave you with what what the, the the great insider joke that that everybody I know has been sharing lately. You know, well, cool. I can't wait to see you at Nam this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Likewise, likewise, our our digital digital Nam and a digital urn. Um. But uh yeah, so everyone listening, uh, thanks for listening. thanks for understanding. Thank you, James. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing, uh, leaving a review on iTunes. We have merch at getoffsetpodcast slash shop. We have a Patreon page at getoffsetpodcast uh, well, patreon dot com slash getoffset and uh, check out the check out the YouTube channel as well.
1: And if you're in the market for buying a, a guitar or a pedal, uh, go hit up the Guitar Store's online shop and consider buying from them this week.
0: And ex- exercising patience if it doesn't get to you in three days.
2: <laughs> and, and and you might be able to use my name and the number 15 at checkout for something. I don't
3: know. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Ooh nice. Nicely done. <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you, James. Thanks for everybody. Um, until next time, my name is Emily.
1: My name is Andrew.
0: Goodbye, One,
1: bye. Two.